Hello and welcome to another episode of the Make It Epic Wedding Podcast. You're here with Tim and Matt. Mate, how are you? G'day, Tim. How you doing, mate? I'm good. What is happening at the moment? What are, you, what are we up to? Mate, it's uh, cold snaps coming in. Real, I'm really feeling the winter bite, mate. Like, we're we're both in jumpers now. And usually we're, um, you know, we're pretty, like, warm and cosy, like, in our office. But, oh, man, it is cold. It is. It's different to uh, normally us, like, having our, like, obviously when we're recording, we can't have fans and stuff on, right? So we're, like, because otherwise it's, like, too much background noise. And so, like, normally we're, like, semi-sweating our asses off. <laughs> so, and then today we're, like, sitting here shivering. Literally, we've got, like, Ugg boots on, big jumper on. I'm, <laughs> but I, I'm not I'm not upset by it. I like it. I like no, being cosy. I, and I enjoy it. I've got, <laughs> yeah, today's the, uh, today's the first day I've had my Ugg boots on, which is, uh, which is pretty cool. I've missed them. I've missed them. The old Uggies love a good Uggie. <laughs> yeah. We um, so good. I bought I bought some for um, my daughters, Macy and Willow, and um, they're they're loving their boots. <laughs> we got some for Oliver too. We, <laughs> we they're so, they're like way too big for him, but they reckon they're the smallest ones you can find. So we we bought them for him, and uh, I don't know, he doesn't really enjoy them to be honest. But you know, that's okay. We'll uh, just it's like the thought that counts. Yeah. <laughs> just like the uh, just like the little RM Williams boots you got in. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, he didn't. Oh, no, he, he survived with them on, but I feel like they're not... I mean, you pay so much money for those things and they're not actually made, I don't think, to be worn because he's the, like, the, the foot is longer than the actual, like, the boot foot or the length of the boot is longer than his actual foot. And then, like, he hasn't got that bigger ankles, but the, like, Velcro doesn't even strap up around the back of it. It's a bit of a joke. <laughs> oh, like, so they're just, like, mainly to sit on a... I think they just mainly just sit on like a like a uh, what's the word a shelf or something just to look pretty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. R. Williams for a baby. That's when you know you're rolling. Yeah, one hundred percent. Well, that's how Jess told me that uh, we were pregnant. Anyway, um, oh. <laughs> sidetracked. Anyway, mate. Uh, today is going to be amazing. I'm super excited for the guest we have for you guys all lined up because. You know, we speak a lot about, you know, some celebrants and we talk to some like, you know, most celebrants also now offer MC. Today's a little bit different, isn't it? It is. It is. So we have Nathan Kassar. He is a uh, master of ceremonies. Um, and basically he's he's an interesting character, like absolutely like what a what a legend. But he's not a celebrant. He is a MC only. Crazy, right? And he dives into a whole bunch of information about you know like why he is just an MC and you know which is like it's it's kind of mind-blowing and it also does really make a lot of sense too right like let's not like let's not say that it's it's weird that he's not a celebrant it's actually when you think about it it's actually weird that a lot of celebrants maybe are MCs as well uh to a degree uh but it definitely does work in both ways so there's pros and cons to all things and i guess today is a good one just to kind of lay it out um this guy's got a lot of uh a lot of experience in the mc world and being on stage and uh you know you can definitely tell that he uh he has that experience behind his belt uh so to speak sure. and yeah. Uh, yeah he's a legend it just makes sense with his background but let's uh let's get into it let's hear from nathan Hello and welcome to the Make It Epic Wedding Podcast, where we believe all weddings can be epic in their own right and uniquely you. We're your hosts, Tim and Matt, a photographer and videographer in the industry. Tune in as we dive deep and unpack all things weddings, how to make it fun, stress-free, and provide other creatives in the industry tips and tricks to raise the standard when it comes to planning the perfect wedding. All right. Nathan, how are you, mate? Welcome to the podcast. Great to see you again. I know. It's been, uh, what was it? Back in November. So it's been almost six months now, I think. Yeah. Crazy. Has it been November? 
the far out that's that's wild <laughs> i know right like it just that whole and also that period of the year last year was just like a blur too like i think everyone was just like as soon as you leave one venue you're like all right bye guys nice to meet you guys i see you later i gotta go like four more weddings in the next two days or something stupid so yeah it was a crazy <laughs> time yeah it was a crazy time it was like it was probably in that peak season where like we were still dealing with everything to deal with covid uh, and oh man like i think we were doing like two to three weddings perhaps four a week mate you are a busy busy man i'm uh i'm seeing you pop up around everywhere and we we have worked together before as we were saying and you had a different approach mate and we we absolutely loved it but can you tell the audience a little bit about yourself um, who is nathan Kassar? who are who am i like a Shakespeare Who question. Let's let's dig let's dig deep. <laughs> I love it. Actually, I was a philosophy major in school uh, I, with a marketing degree as well. People used to ask me like, when I was on cruise ships, when I because I basically went straight from graduating university, and then two weeks later, I so after donned the cap, threw it off, went straight away to uh, to sea, and people were like like on the ships like, why why did you go off and do all of that just so you could come here and be a clown and entertain people? And I'm like, well, first off, I take it a bit more seriously than that. So I'm offended. But two, um, <laughs> I, it actually is surprising, like how much like a tertiary education, obviously like the entire experience of it really helps. So, but, but it's, it's sort of a bit more of a going big back before that, not quite as far as my conception, but I, uh, when I was 14, <laughs> There we go. Keep up. Um, when I was 14, I, uh, I went on my very first cruise as a kid and uh, I just loved everything about it. There was just something that as an introverted child had been bullied a lot in school. Like I was a completely different person. Yes, I just started public speaking as in like in school and like the competitions and stuff. But this was like a whole other level of it. This was like a way that instead of just a prepared speech or writing some sort of like whatever, I'm actually able to make people like love the moment that they're in. And I could just identify that there was something that I wanted to do. And all. And I said, I looked at the cruise director. I was like, I'm going to like do better than that one day. Like, I'm going to be even better than you. And so like, I was already impressed by him all, but yeah, I just have to be better than that. And so, yeah, I just kept that dream alive. Went to, after I graduated university, went to sea as a junior assistant cruise director at Princess Cruises. And that was where all my entertainment stuff came from. Managed to get promoted to corporate building game shows. So some of the biggest game shows at sea at Princess now my legacy i've left a lot of things behind there that i'm really proud of uh and also sort of set a lot of standards for the industry there uh for the entertainment department and COVID hit the normal the normal story i feel like it's the the breakup story we all have these days (laughs) and yeah that sort of spurned my return back home after fly and fly out for about six six and a bit years and brother's wedding came along did the wedding april 21 so it's just passed two years ago now and yeah, that was it. I had about 60% of the audience I'd never met before. And they were all like, yeah. it was kind of a, like, here I am just trying to like enjoy myself and drink, have a good time and, you know, do my thing. And I had all these people going, oh, oh my God, man, like, oh, you should, you should totally do this as a job. This is like, you know, I'm like, where do you think I've been for like six years? Like, do you know, the, like <laughs> I was doing a real job. I was entertaining and they're like, oh yeah, but like get a business card and stuff. And I'm like, okay, whatever. So, uh, yeah, the, the pinnacle, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Once you have a business card, you're set. <laughs> I know, right? Well, Get that branding done. <laughs> sold. <laughs> it's not official. So you have a logo. <laughs> so, so yeah, like two weeks after that, I, I, I registered the business name and all that kind of stuff and, uh, got, and the, got a logo, got the, got the logo. Yep. Become <laughs> 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 legit. Yeah. Made it myself. I've had a rebrand since. So, you know, 
learn all the things business uh, lingo and so forth and yeah no it's been it's been a been a crazy ride i had uh six weddings in um in 2022 sorry 2021 i should say my mind's not working and a couple of corporate events and then last year was just absolutely bonanza it was 50 weddings with another almost 40 corporate events so it was quite the time and uh looking forward yeah, well. to what what this year holds so yeah because it's i think like you're in a you're in a different i suppose like situation where you're actually not a celebrant so i reckon that that might come like as a little bit of a surprise like to quite a few of like our audience because most mcs are actually celebrants true and then some mcs who've started off as a as a dedicated MC, have then got, oh, money, and then went to become a celebrant as well. And I'm not putting them down for that. I mean, look, business is business, but but I've, you know, I've been entertaining for a long time on stage. And I know that if I move to become a celebrant, I know that, yes, I'll do a great job at it because I want to be good at what I do as a business owner and obviously do well for the, for the couples that, that, you know, choose me over that. But I don't, I don't necessarily want my entire year just to be weddings as much as like I was doing a lot of, I do a lot of weddings. I love to do more. I want to break 50 this year. I want to make it about, you know, 70 or so this year. That's great. But at the same time, like I've, my focus on entertainment uh, sort of really does set me apart in the sense that my background, I'm probably, so I've done some research. I'm probably, I dare say I'm one of the only MCs potentially in the entire wedding industry. I'm not going to go as far as corporate because there's a lot more out there, but definitely the wedding MCs out there, I guess I'm one of the only that have cruise ship experience like I do. So I'm coming from a very different angle when it comes to the way I host my, and you guys have seen me on stage. It's just, it's, it's just, it's a point of difference that I want to like really hone in on. So then once the celebrant's done, they've done a great job, they've married, they've married them all, they've signed the right parts of the paper and stuff. And they've said all the I do's and the Australian government stuff. And after all that's happened, it's all been beautiful, lovely. I then am able to take over and just, you know, spend the next, you know, six, seven hours, depending on how long it is, really making that night something that they truly, truly get to remember. And it's going to, for everyone, not just the couple. So people think, oh yeah, it's just about the couple. Sure, it is. But you also have invited 50, 100, 150, 200, etc guests who also want to be entertained and don't want to find themselves at McDonald's at the end of the night complaining that it was a boring wedding. So <laughs> I tell all my guests to say, don't worry, just figure, McDonald's doesn't exist. You're not going to do that. Cause as a kid, we used to do that as well. I'm Italian Maltese. So, you know, European blood, you know, we, we talk about weddings like though tomorrow when I was a kid, I remember going to like five weddings in a row one year and every wedding was the same. Everything was the same. The, the, the venue was the same, the food, the MC, the band, the entertainment, everything. And it's funny how everyone goes, oh, our wedding was better. And it's like, really? Was it? It was the same as the last one. And I remember that as a kid. So I, <laughs> so I make sure that that doesn't happen for my, my couples. That's just this yeah. out of the question. Well, because we, we can attest to your approach. And like, it was interesting because it was, it was almost like, a, like a, a little bit of fresh air to see how you like managed to like wrangle a room. And the wedding we had together, that was a pretty big wedding. It was. Like, that was pushing like one one fifty. Mm. Uh, it was huge, but maybe um, more. I think it, oh, I yeah. think it was. I, really I think it was almost two hundred. I think that one. Yeah. Yeah, but um, your approach. I felt like it was almost like a like a a, a game show almost. Like it was, it was just like so entertaining. <laughs> you know, it's funny actually. You say that that word specifically because <laughs> that particular groom said he didn't want me to uh, come across as a game show host. So 
<laughs> and I promise him. It's like, well, you picked the wrong person. <laughs> I said, I said, look, look, I'm not going to. I think what he was most concerned with was, and this is something I definitely don't do. Like, you know, the, 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 a wedding's a wedding, and I obviously understand the context of it. You know, uh, yes, I can separate as a host. You know, it, and also what is why, like, it's important that I am a MC only, not a celebrant, because a lot of I've done an MC masterclass for celebrants last year, and I'm planning on expanding that bigly this year, and. One thing that I tried to, t- I was telling them that applies when I do my work is that there is ceremony mode and then there is reception mode. And if you're carrying what you do in your ceremony, which is all the beautiful love stories and the reverence and the sort of the quiet that perhaps comes along with, it, even if you're like one bit more, one of those more engaging celebrants out there, but you still understand that there's a, a mode to be when you're in a ceremony space. If you keep that going for the reception, people are going to be like, well, they're going to be confused. They're going to be like, well, I thought we did all the nice, lovely signing the documents and saying the love stories and the vows stuff. Can we go to party mode now? So it, it, being somebody who can just sort of be a clean break for the audience and say, right, I'm now here to bring the party hat is is really crucial. Uh, but I did promise him, I said, look, when he asked me that question, I said, mate, don't worry, I'm not going to say like, you know, for your entrance, like, come on down, the price is right. Like, <laughs> it, was, it wasn't like that. What's he going to do? Take his shoe off and throw it at you? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I guess just chatting a little bit, like obviously about like, you know, you're talking about like how there's a, like a bit of a difference because you're not obviously a celebrant and you, you know, more of like the MC vibes as well. Like, so in that mode, like, you know, how do you prep? for a wedding you know because with celebrants they're like they're talking to a lot like they're talking to the couple about and getting to know them a lot pre but for you it's a little bit different right and you still have to get to know these guys because you do have to still not only entertain the crowd but you also need to probably have a little bit of a personal touch there as well yeah absolutely um i find that my approach is is very organic i don't like to come locked and loaded with like a billion things that i pretend to know about them like you know you in my survey, for instance, that I have a very extensive pre-wedding survey that I go through all the information, and this is about the six-week mark. So by this point, if we have met or we haven't met, that's fine. It's great that if I have, but if I haven't, which happens quite often actually in this these day and age, so this survey helps me to get a really good overview of the entire wedding and helps me to start putting my planning process in place. One critical thing is is that I find a lot of my material in terms of because I'm very improvisational on stage. So a lot of the things that I say aren't necessarily built off the back that I know a particular thing about their love story or something. Even though sometimes there may be something really crucial that I'd like to remember. Most of the time I'm talking about things on stage that I've just learned by being there from the very beginning of the night. And by the beginning, I mean as the ceremony is finished and now I'm there for the canopies if it's an on-site, for instance. And so... I'm starting to go around the room, I engage, I talk, I do the very thing I used to do on cruise ships, which is be is be the friend of every single person in the room and have everyone know me before the main stage takes place. And by that by doing that, I'm finding out the way that the audience feels about the bride and groom. And obviously, you know, love and happiness, but but like other things that they may have, like people tell me all the time, like, oh say this on stage, you know, like, oh he's there's a nickname or something. So then I'm able to integrate that into the whole the whole deal. But then also just generally there's a people know that I'm in control of the night, that because they've seen me go around with every single person and there's been a touch point. And so then I start thinking, Oh, you're on that table, you're on this table. Okay, great. We'll continue those conversations throughout the night. Uh, and so that's pretty much how I just do it. I just find what is said on the night and I just roll with it. I people ask me at the time, Do you know what you're gonna say? 
Mm. No. Like, obviously, I'm going to say <laughs> the names of the entrants correctly, and I'm going to know the who to announce for the speeches. Like, they, they all go on my palm cards. But apart from that, my, my cards that I bring on the day are very much just the run sheet in the small condensed palm card size. And maybe a couple extra little notes that I need to be aware of, like, oh, they wanted me to do, say, a welcome to country or something like, um, I don't know, I had to keep an eye on the fact that they've got a transport coming there tonight or something like that. But just as a reminder, but everything else is just pretty much just, oh, yeah, time's here and da-da-da, going to do that, do this. And just whatever happens in the moment, I just improv and ad-lib it and have a good time. Yeah, love that. Love that. I, I think the the best vendors do adapt to the situation as well. Like they don't just come in there like with a plan. Oh, I'm going to like say this, I'm going to play these games. I'm going to like do that and then do that. And so, and, and I think it's something that can, that can flow onto like other like creative vendors as well. Right. Like just don't have the plan, like get to know the people around you and the environment that you're in. So then you can like adapt to improvise and that's when it's authentic. I know for me, like, yeah, I may have a bit of a plan going in, but on the day, like I'll do certain things or if I hear something from someone that I can like use as part of like the couple's story or to like bring a moment of like joy and happiness, like even to get it onto film, like it may not make the actual wedding film, but it's just something that may like just provide like a, a good like moment for the couple and might bring some laughs. And I think they're, they're the things and it's, it's like you're doing that, but in your role, like as an MC. And I suppose it like flowing flows into like my next question. And what do you think are the best qualities like of an MC? Oh, wow. I would say you definitely have to, I mean, you, you already touched on one point of that adaptability. You have to be adaptable and flexible. If you are rigid on the idea of, as an example, I've heard some stories of, and again, not to speak ill of anybody, but just more general general conversation i've heard stories of where like other mcs have been like no but this is the time that we have to do this very thing and it's like yes but the night at this particular moment isn't like calling for that we need to have a breathing space there just needs to be a bit of a flow that doesn't have that happen at this point in time or we need to do that later or something so having that adaptability not just from a guest point of view but obviously from a vendor point of view is also crucial as well because you know <laughs> yeah. you know if like for instance Matt, Matt and I actually had a wedding on the weekend and um yeah like just things are running a little bit late mm. and um it just wasn't the right time for certain certain things to happen mm. that would then keep other things from like not happening yeah and it's like for instance you guys will come along and say as photographers always do and videographers and they'll say oh hey uh, we want to go out and do a sunset shoot. I'm like, great. Fantastic. The couple didn't tell me that. That's fine. That's great. Okay, cool. And then, so, so then it's like, okay, well then fine. Like I've just got to, like, instead of getting all, you know, weird about it, I've just got to go off and, you know, make sure that, okay, great. Go Cry off. Cry in like, the corner. Come back home. Yeah, like, oh no, my run shit. The mic's on. <laughs> I am leaving. I can't work in these conditions. Um, <laughs> and then it's just like, you know, okay, great. Well, then I'll just have to figure out, like, when you come back, I'll, I'll be able to make this work and, you know, come back at this time and we have an agreement and then you go off and you do your thing and you get your content and I come back and then we continue on with the rest of the night. And so those kind of adaptabilities are really important from both sides of the house. Um, and so being, and also have uh, another trait is not being afraid to take command. I find that obviously, generally speaking, when I'm on site, immediately even the venue managers unless oh, in a couple that no right okay i get they work for the venue we're, we're there in their space but most of the time when people see me they go okay he's gonna make all the decisions tonight 
And so that's great because, but at the same time, if you're not capable of being able to make those decisions and people are like, well, I guess the MC's under control. Okay, well, what do we do then? Uh, then the night can fall down pretty quickly. And that just goes for any kind of event that I'm responsible for. So being having a command not early on stage as in terms of my pros and my, my the quality of voice and tone, but also my, my relationships to people on, on site is really, really critical to make sure that an event runs smoothly. Uh, another thing is, look, let's face it, you have to have some sort of level of X factor uh, that includes perhaps having a level of co comedic bone to you, a sense of humor, an ability to really engage and captivate an audience. If you drone, you don't have dynamic range and volume in your voice. If you don't have anything interesting or fun to say, or you just appear a little strange and you don't, you're not relatable to people, that can very quickly crumble your sort of ability to create a career out of being an MC. So those are probably the three biggest pillars that I would say are really integral to being a truly great MC. So good. I love it. And, you know, I feel like that a few of the points you're making, like, especially around like, you know, being adaptable and things like that, like that's why we can continue to show up each week, like week in a week out and continue to shoot weddings and continue to MC weddings because they are all different and we do have to be adaptable to each situation. It definitely does change, I guess, the, like, like as you were saying earlier, like the tradition of like every wedding's the same because everyone's coming in and throwing their own two cents into the day. And yes, it does, uh, you know, mess up that perfect run sheet potentially that the couple have made. Um, but I suppose at the end of the day, like, especially having someone like you around, we have a goal. And at the end of the day, we want to achieve that goal, which is getting X, Y, and Z done in a certain time frame or parameter. And, you know, like having someone like you that can sit there and go, hey, no worries, you go and do your sunset shoot and then when you come back, we're just going to do this, this and this and we're still going to be able to finish at 8.30 or 9.30 or whatever time we're meant to finish so you can get onto the dance floor as quick as possible because let's be honest, 99% of guests, you know, or even couples especially as well, like they're just keen to get on the dance floor ASAP and get their formalities out of the way for sure. So I guess leading into that part of it, like, you know, because as I said, every wedding's different. There's a few... You know, people are there to have a good time and people love the booze, you know. There's a bit of liquid courage going around for a lot of people. Mm. So, you know, and I I would say, like, it, it's something that I guess it's a, probably another trait that an MC would have to have is, like, how do you, like, handle the, like, wrangling of guests, let's say, you know, if there's, like, some guests just being a little bit ruckus and loud or if everybody's, like spread out in a certain you know venues that not every venue is like got everyone's like crammed into a small space yeah. right so people do get up and they go for a walk they go to the toilet they go to the bar they do all these things how do you like approach as an MC to like you know get everyone back into a space and get everyone to like listen to like you know the father of the bride's speech or something like that yeah, that's up? a great question uh, and it's sort of a two-stepped approach so one is it starts at the very beginning so it goes back to that point about I made about having command of the room and the space you're in and gaining the respect of the audience. Because realistically, when I go to any wedding, none of them know me, except the bride and groom. And maybe they've talked, some brides and grooms will talk with their bridal party and some of their close family members and say, oh, I've got this great MC. But if, if they haven't, if they've been too busy or just, it's just not part of what they've done, then pretty much no one knows who I am. And so I know that I'm very conscious of that going in. So my job is to first and foremost endear myself to the crowd. And by doing so, by getting that, pre-canopy session, going in, chatting, talking, tilling, making a really great intro. There's really high energy, as you, you guys have seen me do. Then that, from that point forward, people go, oh, 
I actually kind of want to listen to things that come after because he's gained our respect on the microphone. Even though we don't know him, he's someone fun to watch. What comes out of his mouth is interesting and engaging. So I will divert from my chat on the side or I, when he asks me to come inside, I'll do so. So that's one really big thing that I'm trying to keep that command of the entire night at play and keeping interesting and fun and engaging that so ensures that they come to me and I, they, I, they do what I want them to do. The second thing is having it, it sort of speaks to another little smaller pillar of being a great MC that I did mention before. You touched on it there, sort of that conflict resolution ability and when perhaps they're not listening or they're just the kind of crowd that's you know been drinking a bit too much uh or perhaps is you know 50 percent of your guests are in the smoking area which can be fun but you know what's what it really comes down to is just not being afraid to go out and say hey like guys we're going to do this next thing that's it like come on let's go like just just not having like <laughs> how frustrating is the smokers <laughs> well it can be it really i had one wedding last year the towards the beginning of last year where i kid you not like 60 70 percent of them are smokers and i've got nothing against smokers per se but the problem that it does for a function as you guys know and some of the listeners may know is that it can be very disruptive because you've got to bring those people who have now, you know, lit up that smoke, they've got to like go from that location back to their seats. There, that was a, it's a social area to a space where they have to not be smoking and also be quiet. It's it's kind of you know, obviously very you know conflicting. And so I'm coming in as the non-smoker as well and be like, hey guys, I'm just going to come to your space here. You need to like you know put those out. I know they're expensive, but in you come. <laughs> and so, so it can often like, <laughs> if I know I've got a big crowd of smokers, the biggest thing I then have to do, talk about adaptability, is getting ahead of that extra amount of time. So I usually then do about five, 10 minute lead time on that that I wouldn't normally do if I have a very small smoking contingent, particularly if the close family are smokers as well. So if mum and dad are smokers, that then immediately puts me at a point where I have to do five, 10 minute buffers, I have to let them know in advance. And people are always generally really respectful if you let them know. But if I'm like just popping in and out two minutes ago and say, hey, I need you to put that out. I know you just put that to your mouth and you just lit it up, but you need to put it out and come straight over here to do your speech. And I've given them no prep. People will be, they get really disjointed by that. So I, a lot of prep goes into that. And it's just about having a bit more better time management skills to be aware of how long it takes to, to get someone in that space to where I really need them to be. Yeah, for sure. I really love the, um, and I really appreciate, Hey guys, like a five minute warning to we like, to we start speeches and like, it gives, it gives me like a, as a videographer, like a chance to like quickly make sure like check all the audio is working, like put a camera in place. I feel like when it, it's some of the MCs, especially the, uh, the friends maybe, or, um, the inexperienced MC that's like, all right, guys, we're starting speeches. Dad, come on board. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> you watched him sweating from the other Having side of the room and running. Yeah, he's like running across. <laughs> I saw this meme recently. It was like, um, oh, you know the scene from Jurassic Park? where the guy's the first one where the guy's stuck in the bathroom and then all of a sudden the T-Rex comes and like exposes yeah. him. It was like our videographers when the, uh, when the speeches are called by the MC, <laughs> it's just you in the bathroom going, oh crap. Legit. <laughs> we, we need to find, we need to find this meme and uh, post it for sure. <laughs> um, oh, so good. But yeah, it's, it's, but, yeah. um, yeah, so, sorry, Dad, no, 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 please go for it. You've been doing this for a boom, while and boom. 
it's pretty interesting. You've got like this this background, like in the in the cruise ships and like doing entertainment from that. But what would be like some tips, uh, like for couples that are that are actually looking for a dedicated MC? Mm. Like maybe they understand the motion of okay, like let's let's not get like a family friend or Uncle Bob to MC because we we want a little bit more structure. Like we want things to like run smoothly. So what's some advice for for those couples that that are really looking for an MC for their wedding? Yeah, absolutely. So first off, I would say you know it's the best investment decision you could possibly make. If you think about it, this, I was actually talking about this with uh, one of the family members uh, on the weekend. I was up at uh, the Blue Mountains and I was talking with this, the, the family and they were, you know, they were saying, you know, wow, even like they just see me do all of this. I did like four of my activities and games. Two of them are really unique to me. Throughout the whole night, they're having a great time. They're praising me and they're saying, this has all been a lovely night. And someone said, oh, well, I'm, my son's getting married, you know, next year in April. And the mother of the groom was like, oh, you should get Nathan to do it. And she's like, oh, yeah, but they've already got like, you know, this, some friend or someone to do it. And then I, was, I wasn't I was trying to like pitch myself. I don't really care. It's like, you know, in the end of the day, if my work speaks for itself, you'll come to me at some point anyway. But uh, it was just like, look, all I can say to you is this. I respect if that's what they want to do. It's obviously your son, not you choosing that. But... It's a lot of money to spend on a wedding, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars, to just or, or more, of course, to just simply go. Oh, let's put the entire control of it down to somebody who has no experience in events, who want, who, who would prefer to be a guest. Is probably going to drink a little bit more in order to get over the, the fear of it all, and is not going to do even like, is going to do maybe ten percent of the job that I do because I do obviously a lot more than just you know the stuff you see on the day. And so the, she was like, oh. Well, yeah, you're right. And it's like, there are other ways if you needed to cut out money, you can cut out money. And I could recommend that if you had to worry about a budget. So there's definitely a, a real necessity that comes along with what we do. And it is beginning to be a bit more of a trend. I would say meet with us, get to know us, engage with our content online. Uh, you know, have, ask as many questions as possible. If you're not sure, I've a lot. I've booked a lot of weddings where they're just like, oh, a family member has told us we need one. So we'd love for you to tell us what an MC is. So ask those questions. Nothing's silly or stupid. Like I'm happy to answer every single question you have about yeah, what we love can it. do for you. Also look into how long they've been doing it and ask them if they're able to like sort of recall previous experiences. Not, it doesn't matter if we've been to the venue or not. I find that people ask that question a lot and it's like, to be honest, I, I mean, I, now I've been to a lot more. But in the past, it was like, it does, it, I still say it today, it doesn't matter if I've been to the venue or not. Any good MC should be able to be like, yeah, look, look at the end of the day, a venue has toilets, smoking areas, a place where people eat, a kitchen, and all and a dance floor. Like all of those spaces, like they're all the same. They're just configured in different arrangements, of course. So none of that really ever should matter if we've been to the venue or not, because also we should be doing a lot of pre-prep beforehand if we're unsure about the venue in the first place. Ask them also if they do run sheets. Because it's a big thing that I find not a lot of MCs do for some strange reason. I'm kind of bewildered, to be honest, uh, when I came into the industry. So uh, ask them if they are able to assist you with that because we're a big part of obviously the reception part of it and we're going to, you know, obviously be running it. Also ask, just, you know, just get, just humanize them a bit. Just ask questions that are nothing related to a wedding and see how well they do in terms of having a yeah. general conversation. I find, because at the end of the day, if you don't like our vibe, if we're not the kind of people, 
videos are one thing, you know, like you can make very expensive show reels and stuff like that. But at the same time, it needs to be co-opted with the fact that if you don't feel comfortable with this, but having a coffee with us or a Zoom call, because all we can do is talk about work or as soon as we start talking about anything re remotely human, we freeze up and we just go, oh, so your quote, let's talk about that. Like it, it, that, that should be a bit of a red flag for you. Um, you should be like, oh, okay, maybe he won't be, or she won't be so engaging and fun, you know, and also ask if they stay to the end of the night and what time they arrive. I know I'm going to get some people out there disagreeing with me on this, but I will, I will say this to the ends of the earth. I insist that no MC, a quote, quote unquote, master of ceremonies is able to master an, an event by only doing half of it. So if your MC says, oh, I only go to the open dance floor and then I leave, reassess perhaps who you're <laughs> going to be booking. If they say, I only I like show it. up 10 minutes before the entrance, reassess who you're going to be going with. And I don't say that to necessarily just point you directly to me because there are many others out there who also do exactly as I described. So they get there early, stay there to the end. So it's not just about me. But there are some out there that are charging lots of money to basically only do half of your reception. And that also includes celebrants too. And I know that some of them out there might be, oh, but we work hard. And I say, oh, no, you do. Of course you work hard. But I'm often there on an on-site waiting almost the same amount of time that you are, and I'm staying to the end as well. So, and at an hourly rate, they get paid. Oh. So, you know, let's, let's, let's just for a second imagine like that if you're going to get an MC, if someone says, I will do MC services for you, say, right, are you staying to the end? Are you going to host my entire thing? Well, no, 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 I'm only there half the time. Okay, well, that you would never go to a mechanic and say, can you service my full vehicle? And you say, no, well, I have a half vehicle option. Wait, what? You're only going to do half the service? Yeah, yeah, that's just what we do here. You know, we're cheaper, but it's what we do, you know? Well, no, of course you'd not go with that mechanic. <laughs> yeah. That's stupid. Uh, oh, we only we don't we only do two <laughs> of the four breaks. Like, are you serious? So that is just my philosophy on it. And I know some others out there will agree with me. I've when I presented that to a bunch of celebrants last year, some of them were, you know, with, with look, you know, and I get it. I respect it if that's not what you want to do. But just be aware of what you're paying for as well. If you if all of a sudden get to the open dance floor, something goes on or someone, you, you want to do a sparkler exit and no one's there to coordinate it or the bouquet toss has to be done by the venue manager. Oh, it's absolute yeah, chaos. Yeah, yeah, all of that. And you guys just grown, right? Like, you're like, oh God, we're going to do the bouquet and this other silly game that the friend now wants to do because the MC's gone and, you know, this, the, the, yeah, you know, it's just pandemonium. So, Ask those yeah. questions and really figure out what you're paying for and what you're getting. There's a, this, there's a segment this, that we, oh, sorry, sorry about There's a, uh, there's a segment that we have on our podcast and it's like, what irks Matt? And, um, I feel, <laughs> I feel like you've just put, you've just put in like, what irks Nathan? But I, I actually want to add to yeah. that, right? So like as a, as a videographer, like I try and have a quite an extensive like pre-planning process, oh. um, like build out a bit of that run sheet and we, we understand like. Not many weddings run perfectly no. on time. And it's it's typically the reception that has the most changes, mm. that has like the most amount of like changes where we're swapping things around. And like, that's fine. Like we, we tell couples like, you know, perhaps like we, we may need to like coordinate with the venue manager, like and the, the vendor team, the MC, 
just to get things running like more smoothly. Mm. Maybe, you know, weather, light has like played an impact and we, we just need to adjust. But the reception is where I get the, the least amount of information. <laughs> the absolute least. And then when we're talking about like building our like run sheets, I feel like this is a, it's, it's a missed opportunity if we're not like your vendor team is not like communicating mm. like and building like a report to a like a centralized run yeah. sheet. Like as I often would receive like one run sheet from the venue and it's completely different to the run sheet of the reception that I get from like the couple. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, like dinner's here, but also sunsets right at that time. And you've, and you've got speeches for, you know, 45 minutes to do eight people. <laughs> oh God, eight speeches. They try to get people not to do that if they can. Um, just, just <laughs> record it and just play it the next day or something. <laughs> you know, like it's yeah you're not you're not wrong at all and that's why i insist on making sure that every single vendor gets the run sheet that i build uh and i'm talking down to like you know makeup artists and hairstylists people that aren't necessarily going to be on site on the day but we're all part of the same team but even in a greater sense you know everyone deserves to have that information in front of them but obviously particularly for you guys you know the you're getting the end product of it once i've already done through numbers of maybe backs and forth between the couple to get it right to get it approved then i've had to send it to the venue so that they can approve it i probably also talked about the vent to the venue prior to even going to the couple to build it because i need to know their buffer times uh particularly if it's a venue i haven't worked with before and so there is a bunch of different things that, that that takes hours. Like there is hours distilled into that run sheet in of itself. But it means that at the end of the day, when you get that, you've got all the information you need, all the expectations. And sometimes I've even had to distill into the run sheet uh, expectations and hopes and dreams of you guys as well. Like I've had plenty of requests to say, oh, you know, the, the photographer wants to go out and do a sunset shot here, then a nighttime shot there. Then they want to do a moonlight sonata shot here. And they want to top it all off by, I don't know, something other ridiculous you guys do. And so like, I'm like, oh, okay, great. Well, <laughs> oh, well, they all, and they want everything done by eight o'clock because they need to be in bed to see their kid. And I'm like, okay, great. I will, I will do all of that and, and some for you. And I'll make sure everything, everything <laughs> takes place. Matt will be able to go to his child. It's all good. Um, but, <laughs> but, um, but no, but, but seriously though, like I, I, I do get a lot of those like, you know, requests and, and that's, that's fine, but it's all about then it funneling up to that central piece of paper that then you were all able to rely on. And generally it, what you then find is I'm not then like you have to do at other weddings without me, for instance, we having to like swap around things on the go. We're all just expecting that that is an order of events, whether or not we stick to those specific times, that's another question, but it's the kind of like in kind expectation that that is the flow of events that the cake cutting will then proceed the first dance to the father daughter whatever then the open dance floor everything, everything will that is the flow we're anticipating so we just got to make sure we we honor that and that's where the magic really happens yeah love it i was at a um i was at a wedding at chapel ridge the other week mm. and um this mc is like oh do you want me to um do you want me to do like the handover game um <laughs> hand over just throw me out of the bus bruh <laughs> oh, you threw me out of the bus last week so i had to, had to get you back with you with your google jokes <laughs> what, what, what did i so do? for nathan's so confused right now he's like what I'm, is going I on very for confused. context my sister got married a few weeks ago and uh i had to be mc because oh. uh i just because i had to be you know i go to a lot of weddings and it's like well you could be the mc so i was like yeah great and so i walk up to tim and i'm like it was kind of just like there wasn't it was getting towards the end and i was like 
I really needed something to just segue into like the next part. And I said to Tim, I, the, and part of the, you know, like when, when you're an MC, mm. obviously, and even for me and Tim, we listen to like what's being said uh, in speeches, obviously. Yeah. And we kind of like use some of that goodness, uh, you know, towards what what we kind of segue into next. And uh, I did one of the best dad jokes you ever do. Oh, was it you the know, one where, where you say like, like oh, you put your hand here, she put, and then you put your hand yeah, over yeah. and I'm not going to, I'm not going to yeah, lie yeah. that. I hate that joke to the ends of the earth. Oh, so do I. That's why I did it. Oh, I walked up to Tim and I was like, do I, it's my sister's wedding. I've got to do something terrible. And I was like, oh, and I said, so I walked up to Tim and I was like, do you reckon I should do the like hand on top of hand? And like, you know, this is the last time you'll have the upper hand vibes. <laughs> and Tim was like, yes. And I was like, great. <laughs> so fully just Moral owned real. it. Here we go. Went, went straight into it and just like owned it. But it, it did actually segue from the previous speech. So it, it did, did work. It wasn't like, it was just like, all right, I'm just going to say this random P, uh, BS that just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Like it did, it did segue. I can appreciate a good segue. I definitely can appreciate in that. In essence, I uh, yeah, there are some there are some jokes out there that that wow, they need to they need to you know they, professionals really need to sunset them. Like I, it's I mean yeah, I mean look, my old career has been improvisational, so you know like I love just just coming up with stuff. But yeah, wow, some out there just. You've heard that they've been done for years. They're they're all cruise director jokes that then went on to land because there's, there's a whole other subset of like jokes on ships that still some today have not like left either. And so like there's it's very much in kind. There are just there. Yes, you can argue, oh, but they land. People laugh and they say, yeah, but but it shows that you have no creativity. I'm not saying you personally, man. I mean, you know, you, know, you obviously have a lot of. No, creativity. no, I'm okay with that. I st I stole it. <laughs> and I'm all, I'm happy. There's like that other joke. The I forget how the punchline goes because I just refuse to remember it. But that one about you know there are three rings: the wedding ring, the something other ring, and then the the suffering or something the like the suffering. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that's my also favorite. I probably I did want to use that one, but I decided against it uh, because Tim was going to probably laugh at me too. Too hard to make a massive reel out of it because Tim was videographer and I was just there as brother slash MC. So uh, it was a it was a time and uh, look, I'm I'm glad that my MC role of that wedding had finished. But I'm also like you know, Tim Tim was uh, trying to tell people that they should book me as a photographer and MC. I'm not sure how that would work, but that's okay. Well, <laughs> fun fun story, guys. Fun story. I I mean, without naming names, I just I just saw a on Facebook just this week someone is very boldly going out there as a celebrant photographer MC. I will watch their their, their their journey and career with great interest as uh wow that's, uh, that's some said. skill. Yeah. Yeah. Talking talk about three rings, that's uh that's some <laughs> that's some skill. <laughs> I, I think that's just the suffering. Like spread yourself a bit king. <laughs> Oh man that's why I'm that's, so happy to that's just, wild. just be one. You know I mean like I'd rather as a like just own one space and do it phenomenally then then wear too many hats and i think you know that that is a question that we need to ask the industry is becoming a little fragmented like that um in the sense that people are and look i, re I respect the hustle to a degree in the sense that i understand the times are tough it's easier to have a pricing strategy that involves you know multiple different things in a package as opposed to one like i, I get all the business side of it all I just caution that when brides are really keen and grooms, when they're keen on getting somebody who kind of like, you know, reminds, you know, those like one man bands where they got like the drums and stuff on the front and the back and they got the foot pings, pedals. And it just kind of reminds me of that. And don't get me wrong, they're talented, but it's like, there's, there's something obviously great that goes along with 
getting people who are individually craft uh, skilled at their craft and can really manipulate you know what's in front of them yeah. what they do what yeah. they say they offer so well and they master it there's just something more to that compared to someone who's like one one second they're behind the dj booth and then the next second they're having to sit behind and get the dry ice you know filled up and then press the button and go back to the booth and then press the button again i think there's just something magical about people in staying in a lane and doing that lane really, really well. Maybe that's a bit too traditionalist for, for, for some, but I just find that the best weddings I've done with other vendors have been where everyone has been so on point, have done the craft that they've, they've put out there so successfully and we've all just made a synergy work between us 100% like I I cannot agree more to that and I think we if we throw that to like other areas within the like creative realm like a photographer a videographer like finding like someone that you know specializes in their craft and can master that and becomes the expert in that for me I I wouldn't really touch photo because you know my, my craft is video and likewise for Matt like I don't think Matt will know how to press record on a video have you seen some of the reels that just go in and out of focus randomly on my side of things? Like it just, you know, <laughs> so, yeah, hundred percent. And I feel like, you know, that probably like really does like segue a little bit for us. Like, you know, like we've spoken a lot about like, you know, for you, like mate, like what an MC is and like, you know, like how you do what you do really well. Like, I guess, you know, it, it is a, a fairly pressurizing job, you know, mm. because there is a lot of like, at the end of the day, like every, there's these all eyes on you and there is like this expectation that the day runs smoothly, you know, taking out all these like pressures, like why do you do, like, why are you an MC and what is the favorite part of, you know, the journey, I guess, for you as an MC, you know, like what keeps you going each week? The best part. One favorite thing. I would, the one favorite thing is the, smiles and joy that the power of my innate ability to make people happy brings to any kind of event particularly a wedding a wedding is a very very happy thing in general you know so i've got a really nice warm audience compared to like a corporate event for instance which is a blessing but when you also fail to be able to be somebody who can't foster that that's that can take things in a completely other opposite negative direction and so Yes, you're right. That stress of having to manipulate that expectation, anticipation that this is going to be the best thing they've ever done in their entire life. And so it should. That isn't the genuine expectation they should have. I love to be able to take that, take that stress and go, I will make sure that this is possible for you and not just possible. I will show you what you believe was impossible. Having when I've had people come up to me and say, oh, I've never seen granddad get up and dance before for like 30 years because he always complains that his knee is like bung and all of a sudden tonight we had him on the floor and it's so thanks to like the energy that you brought to the night that made people want to get involved. It's those little moments that really make the job as much as of course, you know, obviously, you know, the end product where them shaking the hand of the bride and groom and saying goodbye and sending them into their, to their transport. And they're obviously very appreciative. Like all of that is obviously still wonderful as well. I've had that impact, but it's those small little moments that connect to the larger, which is, you know, those little touch points throughout the evening where I'm able to, I have this ability to be able to bring the best out in people. And that is what keeps me doing, you know, like I had a couple of weekends back where I had four weddings in a row. And that's what gets me out of bed for those mornings to make sure that I'm now responsible. I'm, I'm there and they're trusting me that they're going to have the best night that people always talk about and compare to. And so 
yeah, it's it's a lot, but I, I just love it. I love the thrill of it. Yeah, I love it, man. Love it. Can absolutely relate to that. But wait, let's um it's it's been absolutely amazing having you on. Thank let's you. let's actually finish off with a little bit of quick fire, Go right? And I'm pretty interested to see your uh see your answers for this. Uh what what podcast are you listening to right now? Oh uh <laughs> I um apart from uh what's what's the what's the one? Uh Stuff You Should Know. Do love that a lot. I actually am really interested in American politics. Uh, I actually listen to a progressive podcast, a guy named David Pakman in the States quite a lot because I used to live there. And so I just haven't, and I used to work there. So yeah, I know it seems really ultra boring, but yeah, it's, it's, although it is a bit entertaining listening to the American politics scene at the moment. So I guess that's where I get, <laughs> yeah. get a bit of kick out of it as well. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what book are you reading at the moment? Um, oh, this is embarrassing. I'm actually reading a book. I have, uh, I have, a, I, I have, a, I have, a, I have, a, I thought about this prior. Read? I was like, what happens if people don't read? Oh, I have atomic habits. Here's a funny part. Here's something ironic though. I have the book atomic habits. It's literally sitting on my bedside drawer. It's got a layer of dust on it. I think there's no more irony than that. If people are aware of the book. Oh, Jack, love James it. clear. Love it. That's probably one of my, that's one of my top five books. I'm for sure, sure it'd be mine if I ever open the book. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what is as an MC? Right, oh. You say a lot of words, and you know you've got to do some th- some of this stuff. What word do you have trouble pronouncing? Oh, 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 okay. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I have to come back to you post on this one. I, <laughs> oh, gee, yeah, no. Let's. I'll have to think about that one beyond the beyond this episode. That is that next. You know what? Next time we 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 meet, I'll hopefully have an answer. I'll have having counted oh, something we'll, that we'll is. We'll add it. Yeah. We'll add it to our stories. We'll be like, remember we asked Nathan this question and he just literally, we stumped him because he's, we had no idea. <laughs> yeah. I just, I say so many words and I practice so many that perhaps I try not to like, like a, like a, like a tick in my brain where I go like, wipe the memory of a word that I can't get. So <laughs> just to remove the shame of not having been able to pronounce a word. Um, yeah. Great question though. I'll definitely keep that at the forefront of my mind. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll come back to that one. But um, so what, what's next in the business for, for Nathan Kessler, Ooh. the master of ceremonies? Great. Lots of awesome things happening. I uh, just recently did the presentation for a special event management students at WSU. So I'm looking forward to extending a further collaboration into academia, going back into sort of full circle, back to uni. So I'm looking forward to being a part of their faculty and with some talks about sort of how that will look. So I'm really excited for the next six months and beyond about how that will sort of pan out to set the legacy of the new event management kids. Cause uh, yeah, a lot of what I do too is not just the MC stuff, but a lot of event production and things that are, there's a lot of talks and projects that I'm not allowed to talk about at the moment that, uh, cause they're just in the NDA phase where I'm looking at bringing sort of a, a bigger scope to what I do, which is to build events as part of the operations team to bring an experiential public event to life. So uh, definitely that's a lot of those kind of things are on the cards over the next uh, six to 12 and 18 months. There's a couple of other things and new services that I'm looking into adding that are not like, not going to be an MC photographer or videographer, don't worry about that. Um, No, I'm (laughs) I'm looking into like, um, I'm actually, one thing I really want to do soon, I I have have had a couple who actually it was the wedding we did. Uh, where I did it the first time as a bit of a trial and now I've got sort of the time to think about and do it properly. I'm actually planning on offering champagne towers as part of my service because I know that they're becoming really popular and it's really easy because I already get the 
early anyway. And I, you know, have the experience of doing them when I was on cruise ships. So it's obviously a very cruise ship thing. So it kind of just makes sense. They're a really fun moment and they do add a lot to a night and they're becoming, and I'm also hoping to learn how to saber professionally as well. We saber the, the, the champagne bottle, if you've ever seen it before. Um, it's, oh yeah, it's sick. It, yeah, it's really, really cool. <laughs> we take a little bit more, only outdoor weddings would be possible for that. Definitely looking at sort of adding that over the next, say, six to 12 months. And there's one other secret project that I'm working on at the moment. Very, very, very starter uh, from another new service package offering that again would be something that I could just, it's easier, just bring it. It's just there. But it's another thing that's in trend at the moment, but all should be re hopefully revealed over the next, but by the end of this year. So amazing. Oh. So good. Nathan but Whippy's sword. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sick. And so, obviously, uh, you know, people who are listening would love to find out, you know, where they can see what is next for Nathan. So maybe just tell us where the listeners out there can find you. Awesome. Would love for people to connect. My phone and my email is always open. It's just me and my cat here. So I, uh, <laughs> I'm at my 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 website is www.nathancassar.com.au. On, I'm on Facebook at Nathan Kassar Master Ceremonies. You can find me on Instagram at Nathan Kassar underscore MC. If you want, you can add me on LinkedIn as well. Uh, as well, would love to have you there. You can find me under Nathan Kassar. You can't miss me. And on YouTube as well, Nathan Kassar MC, the new system we can do at Nathan Kassar MC. That I'm also uploading a whole bunch of new videos at the moment, including actually just recently uploaded a the one we did together actually I did a nice little reception cut so it came out extraordinary that wedding actually you guys did a phenomenal job should be should be very proud should be very proud Tim you did a good job oh, thank you awesome it should have said that one send it send it over <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so amazing uh, it's uh yeah I, I, that's where I'd love for people to connect uh, my email is always open and uh just happy to have conversations even if people just want advice like it's, it's okay not to, to think, oh, I have to pay for that person necessarily to get all their professional expertise. Sometimes, you know, just a cursory question like, hey, like, would you recommend, you know, cake cutting before or the start of the night or the beginning of the night or well, the end? Like, I don't know. I don't mind. I, I like talking about this kind of stuff. So if you've got a random question you want to ask, go for it. But of course, if you want to engage on a more uh, bigger basis, yeah, I'm always open for a chat. Would love to help make your wedding uh, an amazing one that people truly, truly want to talk about. And like I said, don't go to Maccas and talk about it badly afterwards. So. <laughs> yeah. Amazing, well, mate. Well, it's been uh, absolutely amazing having you on. And uh, I think it's uh, shown the light on Nathan Kazar, the Master of Ceremonies, an MC, which is, yeah, which is bloody brilliant. I think I've, I've learned a bit. But mate, it's been absolutely amazing. Thank you for jumping on. We'll have to get here on again at some point. Absolutely, we'd be more we'll than happy. And when we get you back on, we'll find out what that word oh, is that you I will cannot be so pronounce. Ready for that. All right, write that down. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll have to read a book too. <laughs> thanks so much, mate, for coming on. We really appreciate it. And uh, until next week, everyone. Thanks for listening, and we'll uh, catch you on the next one. Bye. Bye. Bye.